Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me on this beautiful, sunny Saturday afternoon in New Brighton, Minnesota, is Anne Lundholm. Good afternoon, Anne. Good afternoon, Bobby. And in Kyle, Texas, in the Orkin Pest Control Studios, it's Meredith Mahan. Hi. Hello, Meredith. Hello. For a contributor from Kyle, Texas, you sure have uh, uh, a bright, sunny voice and two feet. I do have a lot of feet. Yeah, I have too many feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more on that in a moment. But first, uh, we'll do some LRB business, followed by your week in review, housekeeping, and how you can get involved with our show. Um, we have the LRB business outlined here on our show sheet, but um, why don't we start with Meredith, why are you in Kyle, Texas, and why are you squatting in <laughs> Emily's office? <laughs> um, well, this kind of goes along, actually, with our pup date, um, so I'll just combine the two. Um, we unfortunately lost our 12-year-old dog, Molly, on Sunday, actually right after we recorded the last recap. Um, she had been sick for a little while. We didn't really think it was going to be this serious. None of us were thinking that this was the end. Um, but she took a really sharp turn on Sunday, um, and I had to take her to emergency, and we had to make that decision about three hours later. So uh, I can finally talk about this without crying, so I thought I would mention it on the show. <laughs> um, it's been terrible, and, and we miss her very, very much. Um, but I thought I should let you guys know. Uh, that's why I'm not going to be talking about her anymore. And um, since we've been sort of moping around the house all week being sad, uh, Duff came up with the idea a couple days ago. Hey, why don't we just spend the weekend in Austin? Why don't we go take a drive, bring Eddie with us, and just kind of get away from it all and, and, and have a fun weekend and try to try to pull our spirits up a little bit. And so, of course, we can't go to Austin without without coming to the Insect Museum. So um, <laughs> we, we drove in this morning. We had some lunch in, the, in Austin. Then we took a little short little hop over to Kyle and uh, introduced Eddie to the bunny. And uh, he's met Abby and Ginger before, uh, but he's never met Edith or the bunny. And he is beside himself uh, <laughs> with the bunny. He is just perplexed. He's never met a creature like that before. And he's just been outside of its enclosure, yipping at it and, and pacing back and forth because he doesn't understand. So we had to take him for a walk because well, he, he can't, he's not a very good house guest right now. <laughs> uh, luckily, the bunny doesn't care. The bunny is super chill. And was just kind of staring at him and was not upset at all. It could have escaped if he wanted to, but did not. So that's what we're doing in Austin and Kyle. Well, uh, you warned us that there's a possibility that Mike might interrupt with some nourishment for you during the recording. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's no telling when that might happen, but I'll, I'll try to let you guys know. Um, we were talking about margaritas a couple of days ago in one of our chats. And so I think that's the, <laughs> it's 2 p.m., uh, but I think I'm going to be having a margarita at some point today during the recording. <laughs> so be warned. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, on to your throw your phone moments. Just a couple of quick things we want to mention this week. First, uh, Nathaniel posted to our Facebook page this week, quote, that moment when you hear Andrew mention wearing tonight pants out in public, you're secretly hoping Drew McFrizz is on the recap this week. <laughs> I know I'm a, a poor substitute, but we did discuss it just a minute ago, and he is as disgusted as you would imagine. <laughs> I promise that there's plenty of vitriol to go around, even without Mike, Yes, this week. We will make sure of that. Uh, and also, Anne, you wanted to note a post from uh, listener Krista. Yes, Krista posted in response to our Valentine's Day clip 
episode, one of the clips people will remember was about Luke trying sneakily to use his celebrity to uh, book a pre-Valentine's Day table at the Bookbindery restaurant. And Krista uh, posted, in what I think of as an amazing coincidence and maybe boring to everyone else, I dined with my partner at the Bookbindery on the exact day that Luke was trying to get a reservation, February 13th, 2014. My mind is blown. <laughs> way to go, Krista, for shutting Luke out. Yeah, way to not give up your table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as always, you can submit those throw your phone moments uh, right on our Facebook page, as those guys did. You can also email us, littlewebbamagon at gmail.com, voicemails, all that good stuff. All of that contact information will be at the end of the show. Uh, And before we get on to our recap, just a quick update from listener bet on TBTL Simpsons watch. Uh, You guys were so busy last week that you skipped this. So uh, from not this last week, but the week before, I'll just mention um, it's not actually from TV uh, from the Simpsons, but a mention of Bart Scampson bootleg (laughs) Simpsons merch. Uh, Andrew notes that the bus driver who tried to seduce him reminded him or his driver's ed instructor who tried to seduce him reminded him of Otto the bus driver from the Simpsons uh and they make a reference to a Hans Molman situation Hans Molman being the uh adorable little old meek man from the Simpsons this last week uh we'll do some references as we go in the show but they were pretty good four out of five days this week had a Simpsons reference <laughs> uh but I'll work those in in our week in review starting with Monday and a Monday, number 2320, Snapchat, what up with that? Uh, so Andrew has joined the Eagles. He is now an Eagle. Um, he paid the money. I think they said it was $168, although later in the week Luke said 164 But So right around the $160 mark, um, including a $64 yearly fee. Um, And he's pretty sure that he's going to um, get a return on his investment easily, what with all the cheap drinks he's going to be getting. He's looking forward to that. He's, uh, oh, Luke wants to know how much secrecy Andrew has to maintain about the initiation ritual. And we never actually get an answer on that. So a lot of secrecy, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll note that right at the top of Monday's show, we get a a Simpsons clip with Moe saying he's got a lot of secrets he prefers to keep clandestine. I was surprised that with all this talk of uh, fraternal organizations on Monday, that we also didn't get any Stonecutters references, which would have been a really easy low-hanging fruit for The (laughs) Simpsons. Too easy. Yeah. (laughs) So Andrew uh, talks about his uh, Friday night, I'll call them shenanigans, and he went to the crosswalk, that dive that he's talked about before, and Luke refers to it at this point as the Moss Eisley Cantina, which is a little foreshadowing for a lot of discussion for the rest of the week. Andrew is going hard at pull tabs. I put in my notes, remember back in the day when he had never done any pull tabs, and now he's just a pull tab maniac. Luke says that for his Friday evening, he really thought about calling Andrew up and seeing if they could get into trouble together. But he had enough self-awareness to actually, for once in his life, not go looking for trouble. So he just went to this bar called Bix and watched basketball. And it was some celebrity uh, basketball game. And he says that if he played in a celebrity basketball game, he would be one of the better players. 
<laughs> he has made this assertion before. Yep. I don't know. I can't judge his um, his ability on the basketball court. I'm sure he's a good athlete, but I think it's it's just funny that he makes these wild claims. Like, I want to be famous so I can play in a celebrity basketball game <laughs> so I can show everybody. Oh, and then he said if I was on a pro team or if, or if I was an NBA player, I would probably be one of the worst ones. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's very impressed that uh, Wynn Butler from Arcade Fire was – uh, what he thought of the, was the best player in the celebrity game. So that doesn't surprise me. That guy's like six foot ten. Is he? I've never seen him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was Luke's evening. He, um, I'm, I'm very impressed that he, he didn't um, get crunk, as he would say. But uh, speaking of getting crunk, back over at the crosswalk, Andrew has a story about. One of his group of friends, uh, they're calling one another the deplorables now. I think a lot of people have friend groups that are calling each other the deplorables. Um, But he refuses to say which member of the deplorables, but he told us who was there. So that means it was probably either Roden or JD or Camaro Kev, who did this, uh, found a phone and $80 underneath a pool table. And the question then comes is what should they have done with it? Um, Andrew says that if you find anonymous cash on the ground, that's fair game. And I completely agree with that. But having the phone with it really um, does change the whole equation. Um, So what he eventually did was turn... uh, Oh, yeah, he found the guy. He sort of had a suspicion of who it belonged to. And he went and asked the person if this was his stuff. And he said it was, and he gave it back. But should he have turned it over to the bartender? And just left it. And Luke has a third option. This very convoluted thing where he should keep the cash, leave the phone with his phone number with the bartender, and then say, ask to say, um, call me for the other thing you left and describe it to me and then you can have it. And his stated uh, goal with this is to keep the bar staff from stealing it. Like, I will take it so that the bar staff doesn't take it. Uh, Luke makes a good point, but his solution is pretty terrible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's convoluted, especially for drunk people. Yeah. Uh, You find money, it's yours. You find money strapped to a phone and you're pretty sure you know who owns the phone is. You give it back. Yeah. I, I don't know that it needs to be broken down more complicated than that. No, Andrew says if he found a wallet with money in it, he wouldn't take the money out of the wallet. So this is just an invisible wallet in this case. <laughs> uh, last Wednesday, a week and a half ago, I was hosting at my Wednesday night bar, which is a faux Irish place in downtown Providence. Um, and there were just some assholes sitting at the bar kind of around the corner from me. And they finally up and left after making a scene and they left pretty drunk and they tipped poorly and they left a credit card behind. And the bartender noticed that they had left their credit card just about 30 seconds after they walked out the door. And I looked at him and I said, well, I could run after him. I could probably catch him before they're too far down the street. And he just looked back at me and said, eh, they'll come back for it if they want it. <laughs> Don't put yourself out for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> See, if they hadn't been assholes, I would have been right out the door to grab yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. You know, these things balance out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's their responsibility to come find their stuff but luke doesn't have to add another 
layer to it, like take it to a, a undisclosed second location and make them chase along after their right. stuff. At this point, they uh, introduce the Star Wars Cantina level donors, which I only mention again because it's going to come up later in the week. I really didn't pay very much attention to the specific wording, whether it was the Jabba's Palace level donors or the Mos Eisley Cantina level donors, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, top top story for today is that. Snapchat sunglasses that Luke has mentioned previously are now available online for the low, low price of $129. Up until this point, they had only been available in pop-up vending machines, um, which they think sort of created a sense of scarcity and excitement around them. And they're based on the famous Steve McQueen sunglasses from Bullet. And of course, Luke is all over this. Um they revisit Andrew's sunglass intervention with Luke about he, how he had the, a similar pair and one person one time made one comment that they weren't very flattering and Luke has held that close to his heart and cradled it and loved it and grown it into a whole big thing. But he really desperately wants these Snapchat glasses. He thinks they're cool looking unlike Google Glass. And I want to know, uh, how does having the Snapchat glasses jive with his light phone, with his whole anti-connectedness? It doesn't. <laughs> he keeps mentioning, ever since he talked about this light phone, he keeps mentioning all the things that he would like to be able to do with technology, and they're all things you can do with an iPhone. <laughs> he said he was talking a long time in this conversation about how he would love to be able to easily take pictures and send them to people. Gosh, I wonder if there was some easy way to do that with a device he already owns. I know. I, I'm starting to keep track because on, on the one hand, you have one iPhone. And on the other hand, now we have a light phone, the Snapchat glasses, and later in the week, the iPod Nano. He's just cobbling so, together an iPhone out of different pieces. Yeah, we're up to three devices to replace one device. And the only thing he has to do is delete the Twitter app. Right. That's it that's gonna solve but his whole you, problem don't you yeah. know that he's a technology alcoholic that's true <laughs> he's addicted to technohol exactly <laughs> and he's talking about like traveling with the light phone and leaving the iphone at home <laughs> what <laughs> well it, this was a kickstarter thing right yeah, yes. I think so. Yes. So maybe in six months to one year, it will never materialize <laughs> and we won't have to live through the inevitable, oh, this sucks. I'm going to use my iPhone again. <laughs> well, they're definitely bringing back the Nokia 3310. So if he wants a stupid phone, at least he can play Snake on the Nokia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's not pretty and it's not new. Yeah. Well, and I wonder what he's going to stream podcasts on because you're not going to do that on a Nano. No. You can you can download, you can download them. them. I yeah. guess you could That's download the do. MP3s and load them into a, your, your playlist and have no control <laughs> over the order you're playing them in. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. That's about uh, right. I Just the craziness of him. He's essentially accumulating a bunch of unitaskers, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do this. I, whatever. But he says that. He would get a chip implanted in his eyeball if he, he to take pictures with if that was 
an option. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, well, he probably won't get the Snapchat glasses because he's not on Snapchat. That's another thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then he goes on to talk about really how Snapchat doesn't, it doesn't go along with his approach, like his Twitter manicuring the sort of obsessing over the perfect jewel of a joke or a statement. And the whole point of Snapchat is to sort of be disposable. I think he says run and gun about it. So he's talking again about spending $129 on something that he doesn't actually like to do. It's not the way he likes to put his his media out into the world or whatever. So this should be interesting. <laughs> He introduces a new segment called Hack Attack. Oh, boy. Uh, I prefer, and I believe a listener wrote in with this, Buddy Hackett. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a much better name for this segment. It has it has better flow. But his his life hack for this week is to make taco shells out of cheese. Melted cheese form into the shape of a taco shell. And there's your low-carb taco. Uh, And first of all, I didn't think that this was that revolutionary of an idea. I think people have been doing it for a long time. And they talk about um, hard tacos versus soft tacos and how hard tacos are underrated. Soft tacos seem classier, but corn tortillas are more legit. And I don't know what any of this means to them. I don't know why we care what... Tortilla is classier, but okay. I think they're seen as more authentic, but I don't know that they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see, you know, if you go to a taco truck, they're going to be the double layer corn, yeah. uh, soft corn tortilla, which I like. I don't think that hard shells have gotten a bad rap necessarily. They are just kind of a pain in the ass, too. Imagine how many shells you'd have to throw away if you were running a hard shell taco truck. <laughs> yeah. Every time you went over a bump, well, I guess yeah. we got to start over. <laughs> well, and personally, every time I bite into a hard shell taco, crack, crumble, everywhere. Yeah, it's, it falls it's into, not it a... turns into a taco salad on your plate. Yep. Um, so back to the cheese taco shells. Andrew's grossed out. Which, of course, he is (laughs) expected. And they somehow segue into talking about Taco Bell. And I think it's because of the sort of low-carb offerings at Taco Bell. Yes, they they now sell a taco shell. They they sell a taco they're made of chicken. Yes. Yes. Instead of tortilla. Um, So if, if Luke were to go to the Taco Bell, this would probably be what he would order. Well, have either of you listened to the recent episode of the Stack of Dimes podcast featuring Luke Burbank eating one of these tacos? No. I have not. Okay. So, uh, they all got in the car, all these same deplorables previously mentioned in this episode. Uh, I think Roden was there. Yeah. So, the whole crew, uh, they recorded an episode of Stack of Dimes revolving around taking a trip to Taco Bell to try this new naked chicken taco thing and the chicken shell the shell is a piece of fried chicken patty shaped like a taco shell and the filling is just the toppings you would normally find on a taco so lettuce and tomato and uh, some sort of sauce um i will put the link in the show notes to this episode of stack of dimes if you want uh luke eating taco bell in its broiest form 
in your ear Great. holes. It's a good episode. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it, but he, it's on his mind because they did this recently and uh, gave it a review. I will give you a spoiler alert. They really liked it. Mm-hmm. Is really this how he, he gets around his promise not to eat food on TBTL? He has He's to go on other people's on. <laughs> shows and eats food there. Yeah. Um. Uh, they did break down the nutrition facts because they had a little internal argument on the show about whether or not that's healthier than a regular taco. Uh-huh. It's fried uh, chicken. Well, you know, they did the carbohydrate stats on fried breaded chicken over uh, tortilla. And actually, you know, that's comparing bad and worse. So it is actually marginally better that way. But Oh, no, really? Even with the breading? No, it's not. No. Uh, okay. I, I went gonna... to... I, I went to TacoBell.com and I looked it up. I looked up the <laughs> Naked Chicken Chalupa versus the Crunchy Taco Supreme. I picked Supreme because that's sour cream, and I figure that kind of parallels the, I think it was an avocado ranch sauce was on the Naked Chicken mm-hmm. Chalupa. All right. So for the, the low-carb option, we're talking 440 calories versus 190 calories for the taco. 30 grams of fat, which is 46% of your daily recommended total versus 11 grams of fat. Uh, 1,090 milligrams of sodium, again, 45% of your daily total versus 330 milligrams of sodium. 22 grams of carbs, this is the chicken chalupa thing, versus 15 in the crunchy taco supreme. Really? Uh What are they getting at? And 20 grams of protein versus 8 grams of protein in the taco. Mm, so the only way why. that it comes out ahead is that it has more protein. I think that this is a terrible justification for eating this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is. You can talk all on, all the live long day about how you just have to eat low carb and high protein and you'll be fine. But that is just not true. It's not going to be a very live long day if you're on that diet anyway. <laughs> You're going to spend half of it on the toilet anyway. <laughs> I At least he does sort of grudgingly say that he understands that this is not heart smart. So that's something. <laughs> he so hates to admit that, though, as you can tell. <laughs> I know. But he is not a person who has a weight problem. I mean, obviously he has body issues and weight issues, but he doesn't have a weight problem. No. And I just wonder how things would be for him if he stopped with this low carb stuff. I mean, oh wait, let me let me just say low carb is fine. But don't pick the naked chicken chalupa as your low carb uh <laughs> offering. Okay? Find something that's actually decent for you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, low just, carb. Uh, go dive into that bag of Duke sausages and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like to look at the sodium in those too. <laughs> um all right, so continuing on the the life hack, the um, buddy hack it style things, Luke is says that we should all watch out for trying to life hack things that you don't actually need to hack. Um, yes, Luke. So he starts talking about this this website, The Strategist from New York Magazine, that is essentially dumb things that will make your life better. It's a compilation of sort of best stuff. For every conceivable situation. And I, I'm looking at it now. Uh, and here are some of the articles. 22 things on sale you'll actually want to buy. Strat Face Off, Battle of the Muscle Massagers. 
cheap but expensive-looking bedroom decor that you can buy on Amazon. 13 under-eye creams that actually work. So this I, is BuzzFeed. Yeah. <laughs> I. This is just a website for people that that like to buy things and like to feel like they're, I don't know, getting cool stuff. And he talks about the, the a neck pillow. They had an article on the best neck pillow. And then he went to uh, YouTube and watched videos of people unboxing the neck pillow for 45 minutes <laughs> and then and he then realized his, his life hack for this is don't buy things you don't need <laughs> he realized that he doesn't use a neck pillow that he has about half a dozen various neck pillows in the closet already but he i really i thought it was funny he said it ticked a lot of boxes for me andrew mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm really glad that he caught himself on that. He just um, had a moment of self-awareness and said, hey, maybe this isn't something that I need. (laughs) Uh, Moving on, I thought the best thing of the day was this voicemail from Beth. Uh, Luke was talking about a low-carb cereal, which we kind of laughed about uh, last week. And she actually has a recipe for a low-carb cereal that consists of toasted slivered almonds and toasted coconut. And you... Pour whole milk or heavy cream on it, and it makes a great low-carb cereal. Luke loves the idea, and I think that that doesn't sound too bad. Plenty of fat, but... I should have brought this up weeks ago. Duff actually makes a batch, a big batch of this, uh, I don't know, every week or so. He's got it in a big uh, glass jar um, and you, and eats it like cereal. It's, diff- it's a little different. It's got more stuff in it. It's got hazelnuts and almonds and walnuts. But yeah, toasted coconut. It's just basically nuts, and you, you coat it in a little bit of something... Um, and, and put it in the oven and he has that as cereal. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I wish I liked coconut. Oh, you don't have to put the coconut in it, You could exclude that. Yeah, but then it's just, you know, this is getting closer and closer to just being trail mix. Yeah. (laughs) It's basically trail mix. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's not trail mix until you add the M&Ms. Well, if you don't, if you put a raisin in it, you've ruined the whole thing. So... (laughs) Well, we learned that with the butter tarts, which, by the way, are now finally gone, and I'm sad. (laughs) Uh, They start the email segment today by debating whether they should use a bed of Doogie Howser music, which, spoiler alert, they do end up doing for the rest of the week. Uh, There's an email from Jake talking about the murder mystery parties from last week. And when he was in high school, he and his friends did a Clue-themed murder mystery, as in Clue the board game or the movie starring Tim Curry. And uh, they they were all gung-ho until they found out that it needed too much work. So they just sort of dressed up into costumes and took pictures. And they made that the show picture for the day. It's it's a cute, um, bad high school picture. And Luke says he has respect for anybody who can make up rules for games since he wouldn't want to do that. Um, and <laughs> uh, Sounds like housekeeping's here. Come on. Ask him for a late checkout, <laughs> Meredith. Um, can I get a late checkout? No, no late checkout for you. Just a drink. <laughs> oh, he left. You can come in. Okay. Oh, hi, Abby. Okay, we got this. This is exciting. Oh, hello, ma'am. This is Abby. Hi. Oh, my goodness. Look what we got. Okay. So what's happening now is Mike has presented me with a beautiful 
Stemless margarita. That's so I can't break it. That's a very good choice. Huh. And it's got olives in it? Yeah, it's olives. It's a Mexican martini. It has mezcal. It has uh, Grand Marnier. It has uh, olive juice and a little bit of Sprite in lieu of simple syrup and some lime juice. Whoa. Damn. Mm. On, that is drink. fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. That's your forget me shot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we just became the splendid table okay. for just a moment. <laughs> oh, and I got Edith. Excellent. She's staying with me. Excellent. All right. We better move along before the forget me <laughs> shot kicks in. Can you take a oh, picture boy. of that before you start yes, drinking it so we I can will. use it as the show picture? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not cutting any of that out. And, all right. The last thing that happens on Monday is on the outro song, they do a Rundgren Roll Us. So they actually follow through on the a half-assed joke that they were making last week. Those sons of bitches. Uh, on to Tuesday, twenty-three <laughs> Droopy McCool. Uh, we get a cat roll during the intro. Not cat rolled, just a, a moment of the Game of Cats, Game of Thrones cat theme song. Uh, a mention of Utopia and Fruitopia, which is a Simpsons reference for this day. I got um, it, Bobby. I wrote it down. <laughs> Luke quoting Stephen Hawking from the episode where Lisa joins Mensa. Uh, we also get uh, a confession from Luke that he might have a problem with buying things on Amazon. <laughs> you think? Maybe. <laughs> you know, if we could just get him to use our affiliate link, I would encourage this behavior. That's a good point. Yeah. We should get him to set his uh, Amazon link to littlebitbandwagon.com slash Amazon. <laughs> And we could shame him because, well, we wouldn't know what he's buying, but we would know when it's the topic. <laughs> Look for the low-carb cereal. Yeah. Uh, most recently, he bought a book on Fordlandia, uh, which is a topic that we'll end up actually talking about later in the week. Uh, so I won't get into it too much now, but that was his latest Amazon purchase. He tells us about some other recent Amazon purchases, uh, including uh, a case, was it, for the iPod Nano 7 mm -hmm. that he is yeah. using to pair with his light phone because he needs to make up for the deficiencies of the intentionally deficient phone. Uh, we don't need to go back down that <laughs> path right now. Um, Andrew <laughs> reminds us that he wants to happen into a vintage Walkman. He knows if he tries hard enough, he could find a vintage Walkman and buy it and have it, but he doesn't want to buy it and have it. He wants to stumble across one and have it be serendipitous. Yeah. He um, wants the magic of finding it, which is, you know, that's never going to happen. Romantic. Is it? Uh, Luke notes that, well, they get into a tech conversation about how these things all break down because they have an old rubber belt in them that is falling apart. Luke is convinced that he could take apart a Walkman and reassemble it with a new belt, and Andrew does not believe him. <laughs> I believe Andrew could do it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we get uh, an apology for the misreferences to Star Wars on Monday's show, followed by the Jabba Cantina music uh, and i may be wrong on the timeline for this i honestly stopped trying to keep track of which butchering of star wars was when <laughs> it's just kind of a running theme and so i stopped taking notes it all ran uh, together for me yeah too. but i do note uh that aiden sorry aiden listener aiden was one of our donors on tuesday show and so was will the pilot uh so thank you aiden for continuing to support tbtl uh, i wonder if aiden even knows what a walkman is <laughs> oh probably not 
Uh, Top Scoring Tuesday is about um, English soccer prop bets, um, the weird things that people bet on, and specifically uh, a story about a reserve goalkeeper who, in a game against Arsenal, was caught sitting on the sidelines eating a meat pie, uh, which made for a great picture, and then the realization that there were actually odds on him doing that at 8-1, to one, uh, which he was perfectly ready to admit he knew about uh, and uh, was making the most <laughs> of. I don't know anything about <laughs> soccer or sports, and I still know that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about a team where the reserve goalkeeper is also the guy who uh, hoovers and not ho- hovers. Got hovers. so many people. <laughs> Oof. Oh, yeah, I got I have to say about that, I did post this on our, our Facebook page, um, but if, for people that didn't see it, uh, everybody that got mad at Luke for saying hovering instead of hoovering, it was actually listed as hovering in the caption for the photo. So I'm giving Luke a little bit of a break on that. The, yeah. the mistake was further up the line than him. I still think that he it's should generous. know that, that when you say hoovering, you mean vacuuming in a British mm-hmm. culture. But, you know, he didn't know that, so whatever. He was just reading what was written. So, you know, this guy's out there dicing the the benches or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> when he's not reserve goalkeeping. But not anymore because he has either quit or been fired. I don't remember. Right. Um, I, the story here was really just people gamble on fun things and he ate a meat pie, which is funny because he's a big fat goalie. Right. Yeah. They um, The British people just have such a way with words. I think their his own club's nickname for him was the roly-poly goalie. <laughs> <laughs> And I think he was, he's 40 something. I think they said 46 years old and he weighs around 320 pounds. So uh, this isn't exactly like an elite sports team. (laughs) I think it was Mike who put in our notes at some point, the big fat goalie friends clip. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I'd say the most dazzling part of Tuesday is the voicemail from a listener calling from a pristine public mall bathroom at the lehigh valley mall first user of the day still has blue water in the toilet just wanted to share that moment of joy with us thank you that is a great moment i appreciated it i thought it was pretty great yeah uh luke notes that he is a fan of the toilet seat covers at o'hare because they have that plastic sleeve that automatically rotates to a Ideally, theoretically, a fresh set of plastic for every user. Um, I've only ever seen that in one place ever, but it's actually a TBTL relevant place, uh, which is the Second Avenue Deli in New York. Oh, the men's room in there has it, and I forget every time I'm there until I go in there that it has it, and then I'm delighted. Um, and of course, there's an episode of TBTL that was recorded there, which we've talked about on our previous LRB as well. That is one of my more favorite TBTL moments, and it just made me think of that. Uh, it's unfortunate when I think of one of my favorite restaurants in New York City and then think about the toilet immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, Andrew is skeptical of this rotating plastic uh, and says that instead he makes a Jenga out of toilet paper. For God's sakes. Here's what I wrote as my note. Put your ass on the seat. Put your ass on the seat. I put my ass on the seat. It's fine. I've never gotten anything. Well, no one's going to get any disease. You know, that the, the likelihood of that is so incredibly tiny. My only problem is if there's water. I don't want to sit on something wet. No. Water uh-huh. or worse. You wipe that off. Yes. Yes. Right. You have to clean it first. But yeah, I have no problem unless it's like horrifically disgusting. Then I'll hover. But for the most part, 
it's fine to just excuse sit me there. you'll hoover i'll hoover yes you're right you're right <laughs> hoover over the oh god <laughs> uh let's move on it's it rude mm-hmm. to brush your teeth in an airport bathroom ladies no 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 you brush your teeth when you have to brush your teeth yeah, yeah I think... you see all sorts of people doing all sorts of things in airport bathrooms because people are stranded or traveling or overnighting or you know yeah. you just you have to do what you got to do or just not shy um but oh, wait, wait, wait brushing your teeth in a water fountain absolutely unacceptable yes please if especially because there is a bathroom and that's where you do that kind of thing right um brushing your teeth in the bathroom is probably more polite than not brushing your teeth at all in the long run so absolutely get on that uh luke talks about how he likes to multitask his brushing uh which bothers me immensely just do it <laughs> it only takes a couple of minutes a day just yeah. do it mm-hmm. uh and we get run rolled again those sons of bitches <laughs> <laughs> all right wednesday twenty three, twenty two. too many dads andrew starts the show off talking about how he got carded at the self-checkout and how he could not resist making dad jokes to the poor cashier who had to check his id uh something about his terrible uh driver's license picture I don't understand. Are they seriously incapable of just showing their ID silently to someone and then putting it it back in their wallet? It sounds like it. I have never been tempted to make any kind of comment to a person checking my ID. Uh, I was out at a little local establishment called TGI Fridays last night with a friend of mine. Oh, partying. uh, Stop bragging. uh, Not to brag, but I happen to have a lot of TGI Fridays stripes points. Mm. Uh, And so we were looking to use some of them. Uh, and we ordered drinks, and we both got carded, and we took our IDs out of our wallets, and we handed them to the server, and he gave them back to us, and then we said thanks, and we moved on with our dinner. <laughs> uh, it is possible. That's my point. Yeah, it is. Um, and Andrew seemed shocked that they would have somebody come over and look at your ID. I don't understand what his confusion was about this. Isn't that what always happens right. at the self-checkout? Yeah. I mean, if you're buying alcohol or, or something where you need an ID, they're going to come over and check your ID. Yeah. Right. Hey, excuse me from across the room. Are you a cool teenager? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fellow adults. <laughs> uh, Andrew talks about a time when he and Veeves were in Atlanta watching a Browns game at a place called Taco Mac or Tacomac. And <laughs> once he asked, I know, once he asked that question, the waitress turned into the most friendly woman on earth. A little too friendly, it sounds like. Sitting down with them, chatting with them, asking them questions. This becomes very uncomfortable for me. I don't like this. No, I don't either. Yes. I had an experience years ago that stuck with me. When we first moved to Providence, we lived on the east side of the city, which is where Brown's campus is. And we have one of these apartments that probably usually has college kids in it. And I had to run to the um, FedEx office to ship something for work nearby and so i'm at the one right next to campus and i get this surly uh woman i don't want it to sound like she's older she was probably about my age but she was very mean and then suddenly just uh she was doing something that was taking forever the computers were slow i don't know it was slow and i started leaning on the counter and she just looked at me she said get off the counter and i was like whoa okay 
And I was ready to walk out because I get pissed really easily in these situations. And then she looked at me and suddenly she just smiled and she apologized. And she said, oh, oh I'm so sorry. I, I get like this sometimes. I get really cranky. And then she wouldn't shut the fuck up. She went from, <laughs> sorry, Aiden. She went from uh, super mean to like super friendly in 30 seconds and then kept me there for like 10 more minutes because she just wanted to chat to me about her job and oh, how no. she just doesn't like it when people invade her space. And then she said, even Emma Watson was in here a few weeks ago and she was sitting on the counter and I yelled at her too. It's not just you. Don't worry. Because of course, my goodness, Emma Watson that sounds like brown. an overcorrection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if nothing else, I got put in the same league as Emma Watson, but um <laughs> Yeah. Once once you crack wow. that outer shell with service people, they just want to. Well, I think this is really unfair that Luke and Andrew had this whole conversation about how they get peeved when a service person doesn't laugh at their dad jokes and doesn't have the right kind of delighted response to their witticisms. But then when somebody is really friendly, they're like, ah, too much. Mm -hmm. They're asking people to walk a very fine line in reading their emotions and um sort of serving their emotional needs that I don't think is fair to put on customer service people. And I think Luke acknowledged that at some point, like he understands how ridiculous it is that people need to behave in this precise manner for him. So at least he knows, but that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. I think when he reflects on it, he realizes, but in the moment he's mm -hmm. yeah. not so charitable with people. Yeah. Um, the top story for today is Fordlandia. Um, this is a town that Henry Ford, noted anti-Semite, started in the Amazon, and he wanted it to include no booze, no dancing, but lots of tires. Um, sounds like some sort of uh, dystopian university. <laughs> yeah. um, I was interested in this because, as you may know, I work for Henry Ford Hospital. <laughs> uh, this is a Detroit institution. There's Henry Ford everything there's henry ford high school there's a great museum um the hospital is the the only safety net hospital remaining in the city of detroit um meaning that we have to take care of people even if they can't pay and it's the only one left um so don't have a hundred percent negative opinion of henry ford he did do some good things especially for the city of detroit and he gave us the automobile so there's that um but no he wasn't a very uh socially enlightened person that's for sure no i thought it was very sweet how andrew was very um concerned about getting his facts right on this yeah yeah uh since you work for this uh hospital organization should we make sure should we go out of our way to say your noted anti-anti-semite meredith mahan <laughs> <laughs> yes let's call me that <laughs> and and we're i you know Henry Ford Hospital is a, is a progressive and excellent organization. Uh, we don't carry on his views uh, about Jews or booze or dancing. So I'll just. But how about tires? Oh, we're super into tires. Yeah. Actually, sounds like a hell of a hospital now. You yeah. just show up and it's a happy hour it all is. the time. It is. It's true. Um, Andrew talks about how he listened to this article. I think it was in the New York Times. Um, he listened to it on Audible so that he could uh, make sausage and do show prep at the same time. <laughs> and then they talked for a long time about whether that was a real person reading the thing or a robot. And it sounded kind of like a robot lady a bit, but it was a real, it was clearly a real person, right? You think? I wasn't sure. I think it was a real person reading uh, with an intentional lack of 
inflection. Yeah, that's what I took away from it. Yeah, like a like a pro voiceover kind of person, just trying to read it as straight as possible. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid in Rochester, and I think they still do this. There's a substation of WXXI, the local public radio station, where they have volunteers come in and just read the newspaper and other stuff every day and books. And it was originally a service for the blind, but I actually really liked the idea of it. I could get behind this. I would love to have the New York Times read to me while I'm doing other stuff. Probably not mm-hmm. just making sausage, but... Um, <laughs> well, um, don't don't rule it out. Well, right. I mean, oh, once in a while, it's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, but it's nice. It's a nice change of pace. Um, and to have it read with some human inflection is nice. It's not like just asking Siri to read an article. Right. Oh, right, that right. would be awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Luke and Carrie are going to be spending the weekend in Port Townsend um, at the film festival doing their Oscars show. And he mentions how uh, they have somebody doing it in Trump impersonation there. And uh, instead of buying a Trump wig, you have to buy a billionaire wig. Because he has his name copywritten, apparently. Has anyone I'm checked sure. in on this? But it doesn't no. surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, I've seen this with a lot of costumes and stuff, too. With a lot of celebrity costumes, if you go into, like, a party city around Halloween, they'll all have names that allude to what they are. Yeah. They're probably just going out of their way to avoid any trouble legally. Yeah. Just in general. Right. Now, I have a um, – my sister bought me a red swing line stapler uh, years and years ago. And they're surprisingly hard to find. In the stores, you could get a maroon one but not a red one. And, of course, you need a red one. Right. Um, and it doesn't say anything about the movie Office Space on the packaging. But it does say, great for any office space, which I think is how they're getting mm. around. <laughs> Saying this is the stapler yeah. from Office Space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they should just put um, uh, a sign with a customer with a speech bubble that says, I believe you have my stapler over <laughs> <Right>. the display. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, next up is Tom Brady's jersey, still gone. Uh, he apparently put it in his bag and came back after eating some flax seeds. <laughs> Definitely not any tomatoes. <laughs> and his jersey was gone. Um this is know. why you that don't sucks. leave your stuff unattended. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of can't get too upset about it. It's a, it's, it's an important piece of memorabilia. Um, and Edith, Edith clearly has feelings about this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Edith. Um, uh, so he left it there. It got stolen. I'm not really that surprised. But this leads into a horrifying conversation about Luke stealing a trailblazers ball after he did an Alaska Airlines commercial shoot. He passed on the opportunity to give it back and then eventually lost it. Of course he did. I want to say, of course he did for every detail of this story. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Duff about this and he's like, well, I can't get too mad at him for taking the opportunity to take a, a, a ball. This, if you're a big basketball fan, he was like, I can see myself doing that. But oh, totally um, not giving it back. He said, that's a, he did that because he's a child. <laughs> Like yeah, because right. you know these are clearly special and expensive balls, and and they wanted it back, and he should have pretended to look for it and hid it somewhere, and then found it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw it go up into the nosebleeds. We better walk up there and just let me go first. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it, and then call you up. Oh, here it is. It fell out on my backpack. That's weird. <laughs> uh, we get a voicemail. Um, 
asking how the cordless Dyson is going and the snoring device. Luke is still a fan of the cordless vacuum, but he has not received his snoring device yet. That was months ago, right? Oh. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) She's so irritated at his purchases. Edith or Carrie? Edith. Both. Carrie and Edith. Also Carrie. On the same page here. So he hasn't received that one yet. And Carrie said, no more, no more buying this crazy stuff. Let's see how long that lasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next email we get is from a listener who wishes they would stop talking about delicious fast food while she's on her grind. She's stopping her workout <laughs> to email them <laughs> to please stop talking about delicious fast food because <laughs> she's trying to do a good job here. Which takes Andrew into a whole story about an article that talks about how McDonald's Coke products taste better. Yep. Yes. Well, and this comes up again, I think, the next day. Um, and then we also get an email about the solar eclipse um, and how they should... I think that would be a great show for to hear them go uh, on a little road trip to watch the solar eclipse. That would be yeah. really fun. Those I guys. recall seeing one, I think. Wasn't there one when we were kids? I feel like there was. Because I, I remember being in sixth grade and our teacher having us make those little boxes where you put you know, little pin holes mm-hmm. so you can see it without hurting your eyes. Yep, we I think did that's something we did. like that. I vaguely remember mm-hmm. something from when I was a kid. But that would be awesome to see again. Yeah. Uh, that's Wednesday. And I also have Thursday, 2323, Outsider Sandwich Artist. Luke is now in Portland. Uh, he's nervous about Livewire. And he talks about how he needs to seclude himself in a small room slash closet. Uh, <laughs> a hovel. Too. It's a hovel. Yeah. And Andrew's <laughs> real interested in how it smells. <laughs> Yeah, that's his version of what did he do with the groceries? How did the closet smell? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and I get that. You know, he's got to get his mind right. He's got to focus. Uh, he can't He can't be out in the green room with everyone having a great time. He needs mm-hmm. to concentrate on what he's going to say out there because it's his show. Well, um, just, just remember that Livewire, quote, feels like a job. Gee, I wonder why. I'm sorry. I've been really hard on Luke this week. (laughs) Well, he's making it easy for us. Uh, Andrew talks about how a remodel at LAX has annoyed him to no end because uh, they have taken up seating room in the gates for a fancy handbag and perfume Marie that plays techno. Um, He talks about how he had to run and get some McDonald's because he was very hungover, but then he had nowhere to eat it. So here's my question. Do you guys ever shop at the airport? I mean, other than I'm going to buy a tchotchke for a loved one or something. Do you um, go I do shopping duty, for perfume? Duty free sometimes um, if it's international. But I don't wear, I don't care about perfume or, you know, stuff like that. And, and, and I would never want to buy something large that I would then have to find a way to store in my carry on you know right so not really i you know at the dallas a couple there's two airports in dallas and the smaller one has like a fancy jewelry store near the gates and i'm like who's buying fancy jewelry at the airport oops i i screwed up i got to get my wife a tennis bracelet Uh before i come home from my business (laughs) trip that was my only (laughs) idea (laughs) yeah they must be out there or else people wouldn't do it it wouldn't be there um, Luke talks about, this brings them to cologne talk and Luke talks about how he wears one that Carrie picked out and Andrew wears something that Vive picks out. And then 
She wears something that he picked out, so they're all happy with each other's scents. Andrew keeps calling it perfume. Well, this whole time. He didn't say, well, he's talking about his own thing. So he wears, well, this is a strange gendered noun, right? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's just progressive. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Uh, I went for years without wearing cologne. In high school, I used to wear Curve for Men, which is a Liz Claiborne product, uh, because my high school girlfriend liked it. And then just recently, for Valentine's Day, Sam surprised me by getting me Curve for Men. (laughs) Knowingly getting me Curve for Men. Uh, I I assume... To tell me to stop smelling bad. <laughs> <laughs> Duff used to wear this stuff called Catalyst uh, when we first met, and I loved it, but it's been discontinued. So I don't know. He wears something now, but I don't really care. So he was wearing it like it was going out of style? Yeah, because it was, <laughs> unfortunately. Personally, I prefer men that smell like soap, but that's just me. Yeah, there's definitely too much cologne. Um a tiny bit is nice. Too much is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I usually, I've, I've used Trader Joe body wash and shampoo now, the tea tree shampoo. For a while, I was working my way through different body washes. But all the men's body washes are that, like, aggressive blue smell. Right. <laughs> all different variations of Old Spice smell. Uh, and I finally just settled on the most neutral body wash I could find. So a little bit of cologne makes up for my lack of manliness in the in the body wash department i do have a perfume i have like a chanel something or other and i but i ra- rarely rarely ever wear it um because i don't go anywhere um and this segs us nicely into what we wear when we're working from home um andrew talks about how uh he has to wear jeans and a collared shirt uh when he's doing the show he has to be in work mode um Luke mentions that Carrie kind of hinted that she might enjoy if he put on real clothes sometimes. <laughs> um, I have been working from home for about four years now, and uh, I wear pajamas almost all day, every day. Um, if I didn't have to go to the grocery store, I'd never put on regular clothes. And this doesn't seem to bother Duff one bit. In fact, not to get TMI, but he kind of likes the he, he likes the ratty t-shirts and the baggy pants. So... That works for me. Well, we all know he was an OG gangster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you meant on you. On me. (laughs) Uh, Meredith, I have a question. Uh, Do you do anything in particular to put yourself sort of in work mode in the morning? Because when I get up, I do. um, I might start in my pajamas or my robe. uh, Check my email have a cup of coffee but at some point early to mid-morning i stop take a shower get dressed and then get back to work now i don't punch a clock when i work from home so i can do that at 9 30 instead of at 7 30 or 8 and get away with it because nobody really knows or cares when i'm working and when i'm not sure no nobody knows or cares when i'm working either but i don't do that um usually the it's it's because as Luke was talking about too is it's about working out so I usually will work 
Um, I get on at about seven and stop at about three, three thirty, And then there's a four o'clock yoga class that I usually go to. And so I'll just stay bummy around the house until about three thirty, And then I get ready for yoga and then I get gross and sweaty and I come home and take a shower. Um, but then I get back into pajamas because then it's bedtime. Right. Of course. Yeah. And what's the dress culture like in your office? Uh, my office is a little bit different because um, because it's an engineering department and it's a facilities department. And so our engineers may very often have to be out in mechanical rooms or on job sites or anywhere else, um, possibly in sewer tunnels. So it's a very relaxed dress codes. Most of the engineers wear jeans and some sort of button-down shirt or something. And I'm, I'm most of the time I'm in the office, but it's really casual. It's a university, so you wear your University of Minnesota-themed uh, gear if you want. I dress it up. I dress it down. Nobody really cares in my office. I think it's a little bit different maybe in, in some of the other um, sectors, but, but I feel really lucky. Yeah, when I worked in the office at Henry Ford, I had to, it was business casual. So there was a jeans Friday, but that was uh, that was pretty rare. They would mm-hmm. do that on special occasions. Otherwise, it was you know dress pants and a nice top. The nice thing with my job is, you know, a handful of times a year I'm in a tux or a suit, but then most of the time I'm in jeans and a flannel button-down shirt and a zip hoodie or something. Um, Friday, I had a tech meeting. Uh, in a theater on the campus of Boston University. And so I met my 81-year-old music director there, our conductor, and he usually dresses in a sport coat and corduroys. Like that's his classic old man professor kind of style Mm -hmm. look. And so we show up and we're there and the tech crew is in their um, black hoodies that are their uniform hoodies. Uh, And as we're leaving, we're sort of walking through a couple of the campus buildings and it's right as classes are changing at BU. And it's also 70 something degrees out. It was this ridiculously unnaturally warm day in Boston. And so suddenly all the college students are dressing like college students Mm -hmm. in the summer. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of short shorts and a lot of short dresses and spaghetti strap tank tops and weird haircuts and ripped up shirts and uh, particularly obnoxious college culture clothes. And as we're leaving, Dick just looks at me and he goes, you know, when I went to college, we all wore um, jackets and ties. (laughs) And I just laughed and I said, yeah, uh, we didn't do that, but I still feel old walking around all these undergrads. (laughs) So, you know, it's a it's a process. But, yeah, I have to be in jeans and a button down pretty much every day just to feel productive, because I feel like if I don't change. I didn't put enough effort into the day. It's uh, no offense. I don't have Meredith. that problem. At, no, that's fine. I just don't have that issue at all. Like I have no problem concentrating at home. I have no problem uh, working in a robe uh, all day long. I will. That's my that's my preferred outfit. In fact, ironically, oh, I love it. If I jump into work and I don't find a time to stop because I'm busy, and then it's four o'clock and I never got dressed, that's probably the day I worked the hardest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have to take a shower because Sam's going to be home soon and I don't want to look like I didn't work all day. Sure. <laughs> Sometimes if I want to pretend that I worked out, I'll take a shower so that when Duff comes home, my hair is wet. And I'm like, yes, I uh, I worked out today. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also shower um, two or three times a day, but that's because I go to my second job and then I come back smelling like a bar. Right. And so. Just bubblegum vape clouds in your hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Gross. 
There's two things that we can't let go by here. First is that uh, this is Andrew mentioning his uh, tonight pants, which are cut off khakis with a belt, <laughs> which again, not tonight pants. Um, so wait, let's let's do our best uh, Mike Frizzell here for this, for Nathaniel. What? How? What? Ah. <laughs> what? <laughs> good. That was good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> when I picture somebody in cut-off uh, khakis and a belt, I picture someone marooned on a desert island. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. when they got there, they were in business casual. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a rope tied around their waist in yeah. the belt. <laughs> um, the other thing, and I forget how we worked this in, but Andrew went to the Swedish club? Yeah. With Ron Upshaw. Because Ron's a member. Yeah, what is the Swedish club? Does anybody know? It's got to just no. be the food court at Ikea. It has to be the food <laughs> yeah. court at Ikea. Yeah, good call. Uh, actually, they have a website, and it looks, it's a super janky website, but it does look pretty cool. I, I would go anywhere that has Swedish food and bingo. Why not? <laughs> All right, uh, the top story for today is that a, a weirdly obsessed uh, marathon sleuth uh, caught a lady lying about running a half marathon because he noticed that she had a fitness tracker on her wrist, but she had vague data up on her running social media site. Um, So he paid for a higher resolution version of that photo just so he could zoom in on her wrist and discovered that she did 11-something miles instead of 13, then tried to cover it up by riding a bike. Luke feels bad for her. Andrew does not. And I think that describes their personalities in a nutshell perfectly. Absolutely. Yep. That's it. Because she's rule breaking. Luke's into it. Andrew's not. Yep. Luke is always, always going to be on the side of the the con person in, Mm -hmm. in any of this. I'm all for not salting another man's hustle, but these runners take shit seriously. And Mm -hmm. if Luke, took this position with like peter sagel sagel would take him to task oh yeah good call uh next up is that we find out that the women who killed uh kim jong nang was they were actually probably knew what they were doing the story seems to change by the day um but it sounds like maybe that whole uh tv show was a ruse I'm not sure. I It was on the news again this morning, and they said that the I think the LOL shirt lady is still maintaining that she didn't know that it was a, a real thing she was doing. And I almost kind of buy it because they said this, the substance that they were using was VX oil, and that's so incredibly toxic. And they put it directly on their hands and then smeared it on his face. And apparently both of them, the women then had to like throw up and stuff. They got really sick. So if you knew what that was, would you ever voluntarily put it on your skin? No. It seems like there are so many less complicated ways this could have been done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say for that, that LOL lady's defense, if she just went into the cops and said, if you thought I was in on this, would I have worn this? <laughs> I feel like that's all she has to say. Yeah. And then I think he says again, I think it is cold ass honky. Was uh, it? it? Yeah. And that that's... is the line as it's used in Thrift Shop in the Macklemore yes. song. So. Right. 
Yes. And I don't yes. understand in any world how that applies to this situation. Yes. Colian, uh, our friend Colian commented after last week's recap that um, he wasn't sure why I was so sort of flabbergasted because it was from thrift shop. And I was like, that's not the reason why I was surprised. It's because he's using it to refer to an Asian woman. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, the term honky, not new. Macklemore did not coin that, but it's just for whatever reason stuck in Luke's uh He's got a recency bias toward this term. Right. And I hope it doesn't stay. Yeah. <laughs> Our voicemail today, um, listener Kevin confessed to shame eating McDonald's in his car and then throwing the bag away in the dumpster across the street so that his That's 11 so would find out. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that on occasion. We've got these big garbage bins at the end of our uh, driveway right at the gate and I will stop my car, get out, put them in there and drive into the garage. <laughs> and then he'll never know. Um, Andrew tells a long story about a shame meatball sub that he had when he was hung over one time. Uh, he was by himself and then he panicked because he thought that Vives drove up. Turns out it was a different Volkswagen. Um, but then he did end up confessing everything to her anyway. This story is so funny. I mean, he he knew that he didn't... He, he said he wasn't trying to hide it from her, but she just didn't... He didn't want to see her or have her see him eating it. Right. <laughs> These are the quirks of living with someone, though. I, I, there's nothing I would do that I would be blatantly ashamed if Sam saw or found out about while she's not around. But at the same time... Sometimes you just want your own space for a few minutes. Sure. And I'm not even talking about masturbation. <laughs> but like, sure. yeah, you want to eat. Thank you for clarifying. Something that, <laughs> you know, I, I can absolutely see this scenario being me and Sam. I can absolutely see me coming home and being like, oh, she's at work. I'm going to shame eat this privately. <laughs> and then her coming home for lunch, which she does once in a while, and then mm -hmm. completely messing up my game. I don't think Duff feels... I've never talked to him about this. I probably should, but I don't think he has this shame-eating thing. I think if he wants to eat something, he's just going to eat it. Because I've come home several times to find quite obvious In-N-Out burger bags and cups in the trash that he doesn't even try to hide. So he's just like, yeah, I wanted some In-N-Out. Uh, I admire that confidence. On the other hand, you do have to keep your snack cabinet locked. That's true. I have a padlock on a cabinet in my kitchen because it's full of delicious things. And if he has access to it, he will empty it. So maybe this lack of shame is not such a good thing. Yeah. Uh, do we want to touch on these chips? First of all, the fact that they're hot Italian sausage flavored chips. I missed the thread on this. I don't, maybe you can explain it. Uh, Andrew um, had a whole plan where he was going to go first to, I think, 7-Eleven and then another store if he needed to, to find a variety of chip that enticed him. But at 7-Eleven found a 7-Eleven brand hot Italian sausage potato chip, hmm. uh, which he bought and ate. And uh, it, it's just Andrew and sausage. How could he not, right? He's <laughs> he's just living True. his own caricature <laughs> by, by both eating these and telling us because it was a completely unnecessary detail. <laughs> um, but then he talks about how he's always associated chips with you know, fat Americans, like just snacking on potato chips are our vice. And I right. kind of get that. We don't do chips very often here. When we do, it's kind of a treat. 
and they don't last long because I'm not going to eat stale chips. If we're going to buy chips, we're going to buy them. We're going to eat them and enjoy them. And uh, I always put them in a bowl. I can't eat chips out of a bag, even if it's one of those little personal size bags. Why not? I don't like the feeling of the bag with the the grease getting on my oh. hands as I reach mm. into it. Yeah, I get that. I'm very particular. I also wash my hands like a million times a day. So, well, and having them in a bowl is like built-in portion control too, unless you keep pouring. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's more of a bucket. Right. Okay. Yeah. I have when I've wanted to be hands free in the past, and this works really well for popcorn. Is put it in a pint glass, and then you can just sort of drink your popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, I, I it would be a recipe for me to get popcorn in the back of my throat, but yeah. <laughs> These are the risks you take, Bobby. Yeah, uh, but I'll be yeah, it's I'll a trade off at work, and I'll get a bag of like the Smart Pop popcorn out of the vending machine, and I'll pour it out onto a paper plate, which is just wasteful at that point. But I don't want to reach. You could just bag. tear the bag open and turn it into its own. Yeah, I'll plate. try. It doesn't always work. All right, I know. Uh, but that'll take us to Friday, twenty three, twenty four. A Burbank on the wing. Uh, my notes are actually pretty thin for this, but I think they are comprehensive. It opens with uh, one of the voicemail drops for TBTL. It's a listener rapping about leaving a voicemail. And I just thought it was nice that they used it there as the cold open. Yeah. It's a classic Friday show. There's a lot of bouncing around, um, and it's a little bit rushed. Um, but there's Susie Burbank talk. And Luke wishes a happy birthday to Susie and one of his siblings – noting that they share a birthday, which is bound to happen in a family of seven kids, uh, which led me to remember that we have two statisticians on the show. <laughs> is that bound to happen, ladies? Uh, lightly. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's a chance, and uh, the chance goes up the more people you have, obviously. Um, and if anyone's interested, this is a well-known uh, statistics-slash-math problem kind of a brain teaser and it's an interesting way to think about odds if you want to go look it up just google the birthday paradox and i found a calculator that uh, allows you to try it out and run multiple trials and uh so the number of items here is 365 that's how many days are in a year and then we have nine people that's how i calculated this because there's two parents and seven kids right yeah in in that household i think that's it Yeah. yeah Mm-hmm. So the chance of, of two of those nine people having the same birthday is 9.4%. So, you know, that's pretty that's pretty substantial, I'd say. Yeah. I'd uh, buy a lottery ticket on those odds. Yeah. I'd buy 10 lottery tickets on those odds. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy 9.4. <laughs> Good luck at that gas station. Um, yeah, I don't know about bound to, but I mean, this is... I, when I messaged you guys about this, I said... You know, I know that in a classroom full of kids, they say it's 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 bound to happen that in a room of 30 kids, you know, because it's American schools. So well, and that's kids, true. That's part of the birthday paradox. So if you have yeah. a room, I think it's um, gosh, what is the, the number? It's like 32 people or something. 23 people. You have an enormous chance of uh, having the same birthday appear yeah. more than once. Nine seemed mm-hmm. a little low, but, yeah. you know, nine percent. Not bad. Sure. Nine point four. I mean, it can happen in families uh, that are smaller. My um, my aunt has three children, and uh, her son has the same birthday as her. So yeah. that happened with just five yeah. people. But I think it's I never going to be a non-zero, right? Right. Where Luke gets into trouble by is by saying it's bound to happen. Right. Yeah. It, it was so, inevitable that Susie yeah. would have the same birthday as one of her kids. 
Then, yeah, he's overstating it. So the, the, the intro to this, this article says, in a room of 23 people, there's a 50-50 chance of two people having the same birthday. In a room of 75, there's a 99.9% chance. And this is because of exponents. Uh, not to put you to sleep, but that's how, <laughs> that's how these things work. So there's your statistician update for the week. And it is multi-generational, which is nice, because if it's two siblings, then you realize it's not necessarily random. It might just be about when sex day is. Right. 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 Exactly. That's Nine months after, val- or after Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> uh, then we talk about whether or not the guy should wall off politic talk like they do the no-point conversion during football season, because there are listeners who don't want to hear it, and it's been suggested that they do this. And in my notes, I put, should the guys wall off politics like they do NPC? No. No, I don't think so. Because Mm -hmm. this is inherent to who they are, and that's what the show is about. Right. Is them and their personalities and their lives, and for whatever voyeuristic reasons, that's what fascinates us most about TBTL. And if they start walling off the somewhat controversial part of their opinions, although not really, um, you know, we have a self-selecting audience. I, I think most people either agree with them or understand that they don't agree with them. Well, <laughs> and they it's... made a good point that this would be an echo chamber. The people right. who disagree would turn it off. The people who agree would agree and nothing would really get done. Right. Right. And I think much like when they talk sports, I think the wall would be very imperfect. I think there would be a lot of bleed on politics talk if they made that a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they refuse to build a wall big enough and long enough and expensive enough to make it worth it so yeah well grapes of rat is gonna pay for it (laughs) (laughs) all right uh andrew is getting his claim jumpers gang back together this weekend (laughs) he went to a dinner for with someone and some friends of friends a while back at claim jumpers the um chain restaurant with the giant portions that I've never been to. And in hindsight, I'm amazed no one has taken me to in all my times I've been in Seattle, uh, because it sounds like just the level of, uh, corpulent mediocrity that I love in a good chain <laughs> restaurant. <Yuck. laughs> um, I've never, I mean, have either of you experienced this? I don't think they're down in Texas. No, no. Right? Yeah, uh-uh. I've never heard of it until this. No, I never heard of it either. But, uh, Andrew referred to, um, getting it's the place where you can get the orc cart entree and i was like excuse mm-hmm. me the or cart claim jumpers mining is he really making like a lord of the rings reference he's, he's he been playing too is? much too much hearthstone <laughs> and he said it twice he referred yeah. he said the orc cart entree and then he said the orc hearts will eat some orc hearts I'm like, oh, oh man uh, Luke, on the other hand, we're reminded, is going to do the Port Townsend Oscars thing. And also to get soup at Hill Bottom Pie. I have been there, and the soup mm. is as good as Luke's father-in-law says it is. Soup schmoop. How's the pie? It's it's um, pie as in pizza pie. No. I've seen lots of pictures of pie. I don't. Remember the pie being as notable as the soup. Huh. But maybe I went in with the um, the bias of, of <laughs> Carrie telling me to go get the soup. Yeah, maybe you were soup focused. Also, I think we were really full after the soup and the pizza. 
So, um, update, sorry to go backwards, but Orcart2999, uh, choose three claim jumper classics. That is three meals in one. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not so much a cart as it is an Xfinity bundle of claim jumpers entrees. (laughs) And you get a side of a salad, roasted vegetables, cup of soup, or a trip to the produce bar. So bring your appetite. Yikes. Uh, okay, so we're going to go to Claim Jumpers, and then we're going to mm-hmm. go to get uh, soup and pie and pizza at Hillbottom Pie. And then get our stomachs pumped. Yes. <laughs> Top Story Friday, uh, the lament of basic economy. Uh, Andrew is noting that he booked his trip on American for Arizona for some uh, spring baseball. And that almost every seat on his flight was an upcharge unless it was in the middle or in the back near the bathroom. Uh, And this is the way it's going on a lot of airlines. Oh, this means I'm never going to fly anywhere again. Because I see the prices and I go, no, no, no. I just decided I I don't need to go anywhere. This is why I still like Southwest. I'm still sticking by them. They don't do this. Yeah. Well, but instead of being able to buy a better seat. You're just at the odds of who you can elbow out. Well, no, you have your boarding position, which is based on when you check in. So you have to be quick on the draw or you have to pay $15 to go to the front of the line, which yeah. I will pay every time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's how they <laughs> so get So I can you. get an exit row. Well, uh, that's okay. You know, they give you a free checked bag and I have overhead bin space and I don't know if I've ever paid for a drink on a Southwest flight. So I feel like I'm ahead. If it weren't for all the bad experiences I've had on Southwest, I feel like if you're flying alone, Southwest is fine. If you're flying mm-hmm. with someone, then it adds a new layer of complication because unless you check in and both pay the $15 together, you're that person who gets on first and then is holding a seat for your... We've done that because Duff had status last year on Southwest, and but he would just forcefully uh, refuse people sitting next to him until I made my way down. <laughs> oh. Uh, I've just learned that you just have to pay pay for the seat. It's just the cost of doing business on an airline yeah. now. You just yeah. pay for the seat. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you hang out with the flight attendants to get your free drinks in the back, um, that might just be a matter of trying to get them to make you go away. Uh, Could be. But whatever works. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know the chocolates. I think Luke mm-hmm. can't do the chocolates anymore because he's on the same flights so often that it would become – oh. Mm-hmm. weird <laughs> cost prohibitive and weird yeah yeah uh Susie burbank refuses to pay over two thousand dollars uh two hundred dollars round trip for a cost country flight and as a result needs to get a ride to portland to take a red eye with a layover in denver on her way to tampa oh boy has she ever heard of the time value of money <laughs> this made me crazy uh-huh my favorite part of this whole conversation was Andrew saying, is somehow frozen milk involved? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and worth noting, Susie uh, doesn't carry any luggage because she refuses to pay to check. I, she must be flying like Spirit Airlines or something. Yeah. And so she's just going to live out of her purse, a big soft bag for a big, a Now this, I've seen this before and that drives me crazy when somebody just brings a giant cloth bag that they've got all kinds of crap stuck in and then they shove it under the seat. And then if I need to get out or anything, there's no way. Yep. Well, this is why I always take an aisle seat because I would rather be the keeper of bathroom access. Yeah. Uh, and like stretching ability. Over. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually I had an aisle seat once with a gal who did this. She's she's pretty young, like a teenager, but her bag was so big that she didn't have anywhere to put her feet, so she kind of splayed them out all over. And then anytime she wanted to get up, it was just a whole production. Yeah. Yeah. She was bag spreading. Yep. It's not good. Well, yeah, this reminds me of the time, I think I told you all about this, when there was a man sitting next to me who had his foot inside of my purse. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So he encroached upon my foot space, which is clearly delineated by the seats in front of you. Right. To put his toes, his socked toes, inside of my my bag. It was horrifying. And it's a shame that you had to throw that bag out. Oh, well, I had to burn it. (laughs) What else can you do? Uh, and Luke plays the Tombow Debt Millennial Motel 6 commercial for Andrew, uh, trying to get the reaction he wanted out of Sean last week. I know, that it. was hilarious. <laughs> I'm surprised this is a commercial that Andrew doesn't know about. Isn't this kind of his thing? Yeah. It was good. But it's a radio it commercial, good. so. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was yeah. funny. Uh-huh. Uh, music for your weekend. Luke brings Hebus Above Us. That's H-I-B-O-U for those looking to Google it. Uh, Andrew brings Connie Francis with Who's Sorry Now and Jeff, Professor Emeritus of No Fun University, (laughs) brings Morning Teleportations Expanding Anyway. That was a funny email, Jeff. Yes. That was. I'll roll us on into housekeeping. Uh, The archive project continues and the archive contest continues. Remember, each episode archive that you submit earns you a ticket for our LRB raffle. I was thinking we probably will have the next drawing coming up in a week to 10 days because I remember it was on the Phyllis Faves episode that we did the February drawing, and that's always the first Friday of the month. So you still have a little bit of time to get your episodes submitted. Um, And I wanted to also highlight some good things that can come from uh, trawling around in the old episodes. I was working on an episode that I think was from just about a year into the show's tenure. And um, uh, when we had our favorite listener, Aiden, on LRB, his, his clip that he brought to talk about was the infamous Hell Pizza clip where they put the man hot sauce on the pizza and played pizza roulette with it. And uh, people that haven't been listening to the show all the way back may not know that that is not the first time that the man hot sauce appeared on the show. They did a taste testing of it in the studio back in the day. And uh, Jen's reactions were pretty fantastic. And a listener actually made a supercut of all the, the reactions that she had during that entire segment. And they played it on the show and I found it when I was archiving. And so I just had to share it with I everybody. I feel extremely uncomfortable with this. I feel like I'm starting to get kind of a racing heart. <laughs> Maybe I should check my pulse. Well, like that's, that is scary. Well, everyone should be scared. This is the problem with this show. No one is scared enough. Sean. Sean. Oh, oh. That is a lot. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Did you take a whole lot here? here oh my gosh! No, that's gross. Oh, it's super hot. This is horrible. <coughs> Pork or bread? Horrible. This is horrible. Oh my gosh! The whole side of my tongue is completely numb. This whole side right here. Do you eat hot it's things? Completely numb, Luke. You ruined my dolly song. What's in there? Oh, oh, this is horrible. Oh. I it's couldn't like even this. believe I caught hot with my tongue. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to start crying in a minute. That's horrible. It's horrible. Are you starting to feel it now? It's starting to feel horrible, it, Darby? Horrible, horrible situation. <laughs> crying. I can't speak. I'm just shoveling in 
potato salad. Oh, no. ah, oh, I'm having a new wave. The nose is kicking. Oh. Does it help? What helps? <laughs> no, I am not. My whole side of my tongue hurts really bad. I didn't have hardly any. I told you this was a bad idea. Sticker. I will burn that pumper sticker. This is horrible. And I can't stop crying. Not awesome. <laughs> and so those are the kinds of gems you can find if you participate <laughs> in the archiving process. Um, just a note of explanation for that. It, that. That night was the final uh, night for the original intern, Jamie Griswold, and they were planning to go out karaoke, karaokeing afterwards. And so that's when Jen says, you ruined my dolly. It's because now she can't do her dolly part in song at karaoke <laughs> because her mouth is numb. <laughs> So that was fantastic. Um, our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms, uh, on Sunday morning, we're getting a new episode uh, that is about traveling songs. Yeah, that has to be an episode about Kendrick Perkins. Okay. That's a joke for Mike. Okay. <laughs> oh, is it a basketball joke? It's a yes. basketball joke. <laughs> Amy told me that she trolls Jason with a flute in this episode. And she also says that Bobby blackmailed them. So I'm very interested to find mm. out exactly what happened for that. For Nerd Out Loud, uh, they still have the episode for Jesse Dollimore. That's the latest that we've seen. Who knows if they'll be adding something new this week, but we hope so. And please remember that you can always use that Amazon link to do your shopping. If you're like Luke and you need to get those Snapchat glasses, please use our Amazon link <laughs> and give us a few pennies. That's right. Learn more about us at LittleRedBandwagon.com or on Facebook at LittleRedBandwagon. And in the Stens page, our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. Email us at LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com. Your voicemails and texts are always welcome at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, who'd like to get us out of here, ladies? I'll do it. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Thanks for the supercut. Nailed it. This is the problem with this show. No one is scared enough.